0: Blog Talk Radio I'm getting down to the sum of this The sum of that The sum of everything Come, yeah, 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 yeah. Alright everybody, welcome to Come Get Some Today um, I have a very special guest, but before we get there, I'd like to address the 25 pound rabbit in the room. Excuse me, Touch? <laughs> whoa, whoa, was that? Nah, it couldn't be. Couldn't be. Well, well anyway. Well, it is, let's it, get it's yours Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought the funny left. That's awesome. Today's guest today, you just heard his voice. Um, I call him a legend in the industry, whether you know it or not, if you've been alive or grew up in the 80s, 90s, or even if you're listening to or watching a Marvel product anytime today with Modoc in it, you're hearing his voice. This man is an artist, writer, director, producer, I might need to take a breath, humanitarian, all-around good guy. He is Charlie Adler. Welcome to the show,
1: Charlie. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, obviously you are the original Buster Bunny, which is what a lot of people are going to know you as. Yeah. But I want to go back, I want to go way back to the beginning, uh, not conception per se, but you've been doing this acting thing since the 1980s, is that right? No, I've been
1: acting since 1972.
0: Oh, wow, okay, i got to do my research a little bit better there, Charles. I got, I time? got... God, I started commercials uh, uh, when I was
1: uh, fifteen. Um, I started doing theater when I was fifteen. I got my equity card, my SAG card, and my after card in nineteen seventy. Uh, I think five when I was either eighteen or nineteen. And um, I've been working. I worked in the theater. I did tons of commercials in the seventies. Actually, if you go on my website, there's a reel of my nineteen seventies commercials, which makes me pee. They're so ridiculously funny. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know what my 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 um, official uh, web thing. I think it's called the official Charlie Adler. That's it. The official Charlie Adler. I think. And on there, there's uh, a reel of my commercials. There's some of my work in the theater. Um, and uh, it's very odd, so I hope you enjoy it. I, I laugh my ass off when I
0: see them. Yeah, I definitely recommend people uh, people watch that. That is an awesome website to go to. You just built that recently. Um, you've been brought out of your shell a little bit in the last year from, I, I guess, your uh, agent or somebody's been on you about starting the website?
1: Well, it wasn't so much a shell as it was a steel-encased safe, a vault. I never in a million years thought I was gonna do anything uh, other than work. I never thought about it. I, I really had no interest in social media. Twitter was uh, was like, are you kidding me? Um, I don't like to narrate my life. I'm basically very private. And in truth, uh, my career speaks for itself. I used to think, and my body of work would speak for itself, I would have thought. But the world has changed, and I was very strongly convinced by so many people around me that my business model was something akin to a horse and buggy and a, a wall phone with a crank. So I really, had to, <laughs> I really <laughs> had to grow up. So I did. I mean, I, I went, it took me a while, kicking and screaming, and uh, now I'm just sort of – I do, I do as, mu- as little as I can get away with, but it, it, in truth, Chris, I'm finding that I'm connecting with people that I am either very politically aligned with or people who are as involved with animal and human rights as I am, and much less with business, with, you know, the business element of my life than with the things that I find important as a human. So I'm actually enjoying a great deal of it. Uh, the business part's great, too, but it, it this is way more than I thought it was going to be, way more, in a good way in
0: a good way. Yeah, it draws you you in. I'm finding that uh, one of the great things about social media, Charlie, is I heard, like I said, any any of my listeners listening right now are going to be in my boat. A lot of them are going to be, who's Charlie Adler? But we all know you throughout our entire lives. We've heard your voice. I've Well, that's so funny that you said
1: that. Thank you for saying Can I just comment on that real quick? I don't want to interrupt you. Is that all right?
0: No, you're fine. Go ahead.
1: I want to comment on this because that was actually one of the strongest arguments that I had heard that made me convinced to do it, uh, to do this. And I was arguing, well, you know, my work is my work. I'm on I'm on television, you know, 50 times a day all over the world. What do I – I don't have to – nobody has to know my name. And then the answer was right. you have to understand that they do have to know your name because the relevancy of a career is now based on Facebook followings, Twitter followings. and. As old as I am, I still love, want, and need to work for my sanity and my soul. And all artists like to stay relevant. And so... um I went, yeah, but I I, I I mean, you if you don't know my work, I was you know Cowan Chicken and the Red Guy and Cowan Chicken, Ickes and uh, Real Monsters, Ed and Beth Big Head, and Rocco's Modern Life. I was original GI Joe, Transformers. I was in the original Gem. I was three characters in that. The Evil Eric Raymond. Now I'm in all the Transformers movie for Michael Bay. I'm Starscream in that. I'm Modok and and and, um, and Marvel Superhero Squad. I'm Doctor Doom. And my life continues, and my work continues, but unless, I guess, your presence in, in, in this world, it's like, who the hell is that, and who cares? So here I am. Hello. Here I am. <laughs>
0: and welcome. Now, let me tell you, when I first, um, uh, I, was, I was following Greg Griffin, and she said, follow this guy. He finally made it to Twitter, and it was Charlie Adler, and I'm like, I don't know who this is, but I'll take your word for it, and I follow Charlie Adler. And here's the thing, even though I know your voice throughout my lifetime, I mean, throughout my lifetime, I've been hearing your voice, I don't really make that connection because it's so far removed, you know you know what I mean, uh, from my yeah, childhood. Do. And when I look at Twitter, I know Charlie Adler more as a human being. And and I know uh, Tara Strong more as a human being, and and, and G.K. Bose, and it goes on and on and on more as human beings than as the role they played on TV. I'm a fan of the people. I'm a fan of Charlie Adler, the person. And I wouldn't well, know thank, that, you. That, if that, thank you. That wasn't
1: thank you. That means a great deal to me because that means more to me about myself. I mean, I think it's always great in life to be honored for the things that you honor in yourself. And while I have a lot of respect for my work and my career it doesn't define me what defines me is me and how i relate to the world and what's important to me and and how i interact with the world and they with me and so for you to say that is is really a very potent statement more so than can i have your autograph or i really am a big fan blankety blank that means something to me so thank you for that
0: Oh no problem. It, it's uh, like, like I said to uh, Gk a while back. Uh, I just say what's on my mind, and that's, uh, that's that's just what I what I uh, what I took from it. In the meantime, let me ask you: How did you decide? I mean, it's kind of a, a weird question I guess to ask because I understand it. Uh, but but when did you decide like to be an actor over an ice road trucker or a lawnsman or, or whatever the you know, job might have been out there? Well, you know,
1: weirdly, I had, I had a couple of really deep interests growing up. One was I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. And when it got to dissecting animals in high school, I went, I can't do this. This is just not going to fly for me. So that went down the tubes. I was a, an art, stu- I was an art student and I loved, um, to sculpt and to draw, and I still do. And I was actually in, in New York. I was a nude model at the Art Students League to pay for classes. So I'd strip and pose, and then I put on a robe and draw for an hour, and then strip again, and the cycle continued. And I loved, I loved graphic arts. But the truth is, I probably was never as good as I wanted to be. And I found out I was colorblind. So even though I do paint, and I still paint. Um, I don't know what the hell you guys are looking at when you're looking at it. I know what I see. So um, that went down the tubes, but acting wow. really, really bit me. Acting really bit me. And I and I understood the potency of it. I was a very shy kid, and I had a virulently uh, verbally abusive father and a, it was a really unstable person. And I mm. found that I understood that in fifth grade that, we were doing a ridiculous little school play but I understood what it felt like to leave myself and to feel whole and that really was the beginning of all of that and I still feel the same way when I'm working I still feel a great sense of uh, balance and joy and wholeness and wellness that I can't even describe. So it just, it was a natural progression. I just did more and more things. I got involved in high school plays, community theater, summer professional theater. Uh, I was lucky enough to be in New York, so I got agents, and uh, I had access to the professional world in, in New York. And so I, it was a natural progression to me. And in New York, you could be called an actor, as opposed to a voice actor. In New York, I went from, you know, two weeks on a soap opera to doing a commercial to singing in nightclubs at night after doing eight shows a week in the theater. And nobody calls you anything but an actor. You could do right. all mediums, you know, and that was part of the training. Now it's very specified. So out here, you know, you call the voice actor a title I don't like and I've never liked. Because I think that right. when I also the people I direct are utterly the most brilliant and skilled people I've ever worked with. They can do anything, anything. Actors, and yes. Yeah, yeah, they're actors first, not voice actors. It's so little about the voice to me and way more about character and content and storytelling.
0: Absolutely. I, I prefer to call it all just entertaining, and I know that it, there, there, there has to be these categories. I've heard people, people like uh, – I haven't heard you yourself, but I've heard people talk about how they're actors first and acting is the same thing. And, and, and then I hear them in interviews talk about how, oh, no, Disney will put a real actor in that role, and I cringe. <laughs> and I cringe because you are a real actor, and you do good stuff, and Disney should be looking at you. Um, but don't Thank you. Those. Thank That's you for saying it. that. Thank you yeah, for saying I that. I agree that. I have an idea about that. I'm going to share with you off the air later if I have a chance. Um, okay
1: I want to ask you something about you first of all, I don't know anything about you, and I don't know where you where are even where are you where are you physically right now in what state what what city
0: well I'm in Kissimmee, Florida oh yeah, yeah okay
1: um and and what's your what's your background to to do this what's your passion what do you work at who are you? I just know you on Twitter, and you're a nice guy on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, who are you in the world? What do you What do you want to do? What's your interest? What's your Where do you stand? What earth do you stand on?
0: Well, um, it's funny. Uh, I do urge you, Charlie, listen to my first show. You'll hear all about it. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you about it real quick and brief uh, in brief form. Um, I've always wanted to be uh, an entertainer first, uh, more than anything else. Um, uh, like a lot of people will say, life happens and gets in your way, and you end up taking a real career, and you get uh, sidetracked from your actual goals and, and dreams. Uh, that happened to me. I'm 41, and I'm trying to get back into it. The podcast is kind of a way for me to have an outlet to uh, make connections, to, to be heard, and just have something to put on my resume and to say, look, I did this for so many months or years. And I'm also going to be starting some voice acting classes on March 31st with my new instructor. Uh, sure. I, I have been inspired... I've been inspired to go into voice work. People have told me you should do voice work, and I'm like, why? <laughs> but but then I realized that I enjoy talking, and I do have a voice, and I probably have a better face for for audio than visual, anyway. <laughs> so I'm thinking about going that direction. Oh, I am going that direction. So, oh, well, yeah. that's wonderful. So, do you have background in acting? Um, yeah, not not much on screen, uh, not much on uh, TV. Uh, but I've done, you know, community theater. I did a lot of improv as a t- as a late teen. Uh, we went to the inner city schools and we did improvisational serious situations that uh, youth will run into and become a part of and um,
1: I, I, really did, I did to. the very, I did the very same thing. I was in training programs uh, training to pol- uh, policemen to intervene on violent situations, and it was the very That's same awesome. thing. And and well, you know, I'm, I'm praising you for the same because in truth. Improv is one of the greatest and most important skills that you could ever have, in my opinion, just overall as an actor. Because you, it really gives you a courage and a spine that you didn't know you had otherwise to, to really tackle you know, challenges in terms of the challenge of just getting up and showing up at an audition could scare the crap out of you. So yeah. you know, even that, <laughs> knowing that you have a parachute when you jump out of the plane, that to me is what improv is. So good for you.
0: Now, I feel like, and maybe you can verify this for me as a newcomer, as a newbie uh, in the interview process. It speaks volumes to a caster, I would think, uh, somebody who's a really good actor versus somebody who's a really good actor that brings a little bit of themselves with them and gives a little bit of originality to the read.
1: Well, I have to, I have to not just verify it; I have to expand on it tremendously. Um, one of my basic tenets is never assume that because someone has a title or a name on their door or a desk that they know what the hell they're doing, that they're even qualified (laughs) to do what they're doing. And so that should remove some of the discomfort and fear that we all experience. Um, So I think going in, having said that, it's very important that you have a great sense of yourself when you walk into any room, and certainly professionally, but also personally. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, yes, I totally agree um, it's I, I cast and I direct, and the, the, the actors that I find are the most facile and well-versed, and the ones that really get me to sit up are very unique and have the courage to make choices, not just because they're gratuitously brave – but because they really are unique individuals and have a great sense of humor and have a great sensibility and a great sense of imagination and, and a great sense of the absurd. And you can't be taught that. You either have that or you don't have that. But you learn mm-hmm. different ways. If you do, if you possess any of those qualities, then I think uh, improv flushes those out and then actually learning how a scene works and being a good actor flushes those out. But but I see just as many people rewarded who I don't think are that spectacular or that um, unique, and I find that's because the people responding uh, have tin ears or they themselves are dull. And so you can't – it it has to be that you want that bar for yourself, not because it's commerce, not because it's a way to get a job, but because you actually um, have a bar that you want to reach for, that there's something – that you actually understand that's bigger and more than you are at any given moment and that you want to reach for that. That's something that you have to, all of us have to carry individually. And you hope, you hope that when you get in before people who are possibly hiring you, that they get that sensibility, they will or they won't. But you're not responsible for that. You're only responsible for your own Self determination and your own standard, and that to me is everything. You have to live by that and work by that, and it's sometimes a very lonely road. And that's life. Yeah. Oh well. Was that was that the longest winded asked answer ever?
0: <laughs> it was it was thorough, which is awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, okay. It's so funny you said something in there about standard, which brings me to my next note I have on here, which is in capital letters with explanation points. As great a guy as you are, and it comes across in this conversation and on Twitter, you take no crap. Uh, you stopped on-camera acting because it wasn't for you. Uh, what, what was it about the on-camera acting that made you say "stick it" and go the voice uh, the voiceover work? Well, I
1: never really said "stick it," and I and I, it, I I'll, it's a two-part answer. I don't take crap um, to my to my the benefit of my soul often. And to the detriment of my career, just as often. But I'm willing to pay that right. price because I'm not a big fan of self-betrayal, and I am what I am, and I have to honor that. It does, it's, it's listen, no one is for everyone, and I certainly am not for everyone. But right. uh, enough that I enough that I've had a career that has great significance to me, and obviously to other people who have interest in it, for which I'm grateful. But um, I I love the theater so much, and I found that the factory of film and television was very hard for me to navigate because what I didn't understand going in is that it was really, you have to understand the the nature of the beast that you're wrestling with. So I'll give you an example. If you're you're being auditioning for a one-hour drama series as a guest, you have to not only look exactly the way they want, so it's far less about what you can do, but about the factory fitting you into a slot, but The scheduling of the filming is so intense, and you can't always count on the fact that, oh, my God, I'd like to do that again because I just figured out something that I didn't know about this character before I did the scene. They're on to the next setup because they have a schedule. And so it's a very different way of working. And by the way, there are remarkably gifted, brilliant people who not only navigate that system but have acquired that skill. I just didn't care. It just, it just, it. I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy it. Now, film is a very different thing, and I am now getting much more interested in film than I ever had before. And because it's a very quiet, still way to work, and at this juncture, at being sixty, I kind of don't like to shoot out all the energy that I have in the past. I like. I like doing things in a different way. Are you laughing? Do you hear that? That's call waiting. That's my, that's my agent I calling. I didn't hear in. it.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Do you need a second? No, a second. no. I did it. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's going to beep beep for another minute, and then uh, no. Anyway, so anyway, uh, she just she just hung was Leaving me a message. Um, so I don't know where we were anymore because I'm rambling. Oh, about film and TV and all that stuff. Film and
0: you TV know, everything.
1: And... I I think it's good to know. I think it's good to know what you, um, where you fit in. It's also good to know where your flaws and your weaknesses are, so you either can elect to jump over them or live with them. I prefer to navigate them and just to, to know myself. But there are still things that I would very much like to um, conquer uh, in terms of my own discomfort. I don't think it's good to walk around uh, – not doing what I'd like to do sometimes because it annoys me, that's not such a great trait. I'm not so proud of that.
0: Oh, I relate to it. I mean, I have always, I have to, and it's, it's probably even worse in the entertainment industry because your next paycheck or your next bill getting paid depends on your ability to find work. And it's right. like sort of the same thing in the real workforce. You go, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm walking away. I walked away from many jobs just on principle alone. Uh, it's not advisable to most people. It is dangerous and detrimental to your career, your ability to make money, but it's a standard that I respect highly, you know, because uh, you know, I care. I think care. there's a, I think there's a mid-ground. I think I've learned now to not personalize a lot of things that I find
1: objectionable. Um, I wouldn't go backwards. I wouldn't change anything I've done in the past. But going forward, going forward, I think the past informs the present. And going forward, uh, sure. I'm I've, I've certainly – I'm more tempered in many ways and I'm also more uh, easily annoyed in others. And <laughs> it depends right. it
0: depends on the day and the circumstance and I don't know until I get there sure. you know where where I'm really at with it. All right, so that was part 1 of Charlie Adler, what a great guy. Um I could listen to him all day. I wish I had 3 hours with him, but unfortunately we just got one more half hour with him. Uh next uh on the next part part 2 where he will Talk about more about his career experiences, about his move into directing and writing and producing and casting. Also, he'll do ten questions with me um, at the end of that interview. Uh, unfortunately, part two of Charlie Adler will not be next week. It'll be in two weeks at the regular scheduled time, because next week's a very special program. Uh, so, come get some. Will not be airing live at twelve thirty uh, on next week's show, which is uh, Thursday, April seventh. It's going to be live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for an hour or as long as it takes. Live, Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Come get some. We will come get to the sum of Morgan Strubler from Dead X Radio, uh, Celebrity Mentalist of the Year, a, a title that's held by uh, many greats such as uh, Penn and & Teller and David Copperfield. Uh, also, uh, this weekend… Speaking of Dex Radio, now my buddy at Dead X Radio is going to be in Orlando uh, in my neck of the woods. Unfortunately, I probably won't get to stop by and say hi to them. Uh, but they're going to be at the Wyndham Resort in Orlando for Spooky Empire, which is a, an event I wish I could attend. I, I really do. Uh, it's going to have Alice Cooper featured there as well as Amy Steele from Friday the 13th Part 2 and April Fool's Day, which is killing me. Because when I think of Friday the 13th, I think of Amy Steele fending off. Jason Voorhees, so I, I wish I was able to be there. Uh, they're going to have like uh, uh, Kelly LeBrock. Uh, Kelly LeBrock. They're going to have Kelly LeBrock. So I I'm, I'm wishing I could be there, but all three days this week, you should be able to find that X Radio on the premises. Uh, they're going to do, uh, I think, an hour show tomorrow night, and they're going to do their full show from location right there at uh, Spooky Empire on Saturday between 4 and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then uh, tune in Uh, Just a few days after that on Thursday of next week, live from Morgan Schrepler, who will also be at Spooky Empire, and he'll be on my show. And uh, I don't know what we can do audibly. I I don't know what kind of show it's going to be. I mean I know I'm going to interview him. We're going to do 10 questions. Uh, I want to do some magic and wow you all, and and I don't know how we'll do that audibly, but we'll try. And I'll say uh, this guy Morgan Schrepler is amazing. Uh, He actually read my mind on Twitter on the Twitter timeline. Um supporter of both shows. She's part of the Six Call here on we'll, Come Get Some. Big supporter of us, but she was first a huge supporter and still is a rampant uh big supporter of Dead X Radio, Noel Hayes. Uh, we heard about Morgan Strebler's big event sometime in the summer. He's going to die. That's part of a big event in Times Square, New York. And he wants all the fans and friends of Dead X Radio to be there for it and, and of Morgan Strebler to be there for that. And I was talking in a private message to call him DMs on Twitter. I was in a DM uh, with Noel, and I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed. I, I really want to go, but I don't know if financially I'll be able to pull it off. I said, let me try something. And Instantly, I went in the timeline, and I messaged Morgan Strebler on, on the open forum. I said, Morgan, what am I thinking? And immediately, he, he posted almost word for word, not quite. You're, you want to go to the New York event? It's stressing you out. You don't know if you can. And both Noel and I were freaked, out, freaked the hell out. So the guy, I, I was a bit skeptical, uh, but now I don't know this guy. I want to know how he did that. I don't. I'll ask him. I don't think he'll tell me. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that, and I hope you are too. So next week, 8 p.m. live Eastern Standard Time. I hope to see you all here. Uh, that's it for now. Um, that about sums it up. See you next week, 8 p.m. live. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come.